Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it arose, and we have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by their question, as was all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law. Where did the prophets say the Messiah would be born, he asked them? In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judah, you are not just a lowly village in Judea, in Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod sent a private message to the wise men asking them to come see him. At this meeting, he learned the exact time when they saw first the star. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went away. Once again, the star appeared to them, guiding them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were, and they fell down before him and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went home another way, because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So I'm going to keep y'all uh, awake this morning. I have a lot of things to share with you. And I want to um, watch your faces with your um, wise thoughts about what in the world is she trying to tell us this morning. So I don't know if you were on the note that um, Sheila so graciously sent out. And I asked the Lord on the way over here to move me out of the way one more time and give me one more message, his message for you today. So I trust and pray that he is also doing that once again. Um, this week, she was, uh, sent out a message that I had given the title of the sermon today, uh, and it was not what our sermon message is today. And I had given her two or three scriptures for today that you'll see are not our sermon uh, scriptures for today. So the Lord has continued to shake me up a little bit to kind of keep me off balance uh, so that I will continue to seek the light and hear his voice and what he's trying to tell us on this New Year's Day. Um, I want to read something that someone gave me this morning in my church that I serve first. I'm not sure if it, all of you are aware, but I serve, have the blessing also of serving a sweet church in Sugarlock uh, at 9 o'clock on each Sunday morning. And someone uh, wrote this and put it in our order of worship. And I will give her credit, Sheila Van Devender. I'm only going to read half of it. Um, the church sometimes needs to spiritually get up at dark 30 and do the work of preparation. Prayer, meditation, holy conversation. It then needs to 
wait. Wait for the light of God's word to show us the way. The light of God's love to illumine our path. Too often we feel the compulsion to do something, even if it's wrong, just to keep moving. So we rush forward before we are ready, and when we have enough spiritual light to know our way, even, when, even before we have enough spiritual light to know our way, or enough d divine guidance to be about the work of God's kingdom. Patient waiting. Nations will come to your light and kings to your dawning radiance, Isaiah 63 says. This reminds us of the promise that God comes to us to show us the way. Just like we read this morning with the wise men. And to protect us. And when this happens, our calling is to be prepared and to wait. To wait for the light. So when I was preparing this message for this morning, I wanted to get ahead of myself because I had a busy week. Christmas and my daughter's birthday and things to do and people to see and places to go. And so I was trying to get ahead. I thought that was just, I felt good about that. But I kept trying to fit a square peg in round holes. So it's New Year's Eve today, yet last night, and New Year's today. Christmas just last Sunday and Epiphany on the 6th this Friday. So how do you celebrate all of that and figure out where to put it on the puzzle and make sure we worship God the way we should as a church and bring glory and honor to Him, but not miss any traditions that are important to us as a people. So God helped me with that, but I had nothing to do with it much. Sometimes we try to make things fit, and we celebrate the days of worship with the passages and holidays the best we can in our lectionaries. Today we have 12 lectionary scriptures that were offered up to us for today's message. So I started out with two, trying to fit them to the message that I had for you today. And God changed that. So I'm going to go back to where I began, and we're going to get it all in. New Year's Day. How can we not celebrate the New Year? How long has it been since we've had New Year's Day on a Sunday? Does anybody know? Same amount of time as Christmas, six, six years or so. So it puts us in a place to be able to really listen to what God is saying and be present to the worship and not just order, not just worship the order as we say a lot, but to, not to worship the order, but to order the worship so we don't miss the spirit of God. I had a prayer this morning from somewhere in, someone in the church and I didn't get to finish reading it on my way to the other church this morning, but thank you, Vicki, that recognized that she prayed for me for the Spirit to move and me to be open and us to hear the Spirit's movement. But sometimes we're so anxious, Sandra, getting to my next place or where I think I'm going with God that I don't listen and look for the light in front of me. On the way here this morning, I was traveling in the fog. I don't know if any of you saw how foggy it was this morning when you, when you were up. And I missed my turn. Don't listen to this, children, or maybe do. Um, I was texting uh, and lost my way, um, and I won't do that again. Um, I've trained my child not to do that, and then I did it, and it's so dangerous. And I missed my turn to find myself in heavy fog. But as God would have it, and in the message today, 
I had just enough light in front of me to see my way in front of me, but not to go too far without his guidance. There was a beautiful sun coming up, and the closer I looked at the light, and the closer I let the light guide me, the brighter the light got. The more we look to the light, the brighter the light gets, and the more we become like Christ and we can shine in the darkness. So as I was preparing, I wanted to get new resolutions for us for the new year. What are my resolutions gonna be? So I found two articles, one 18 pages and one 16 pages, and I am not going to read those to you today. However, one was on here's how to be happy according to the experts. Like, what experts can tell you how to be happy? Consider these strategies every day to boost your happiness. Wellness, Body, and Mind by Janice Dunn. Practicing these things. Gratitude. Social connections, being with other people in your church. It's all about relationships. Enough sleep, which I didn't get last night, and I do know the value of a good night's rest. Meditative moments, being still with God. Self-compassion, allowing forgiveness for yourself, a little room and grace for yourself, nature, a little free time, giving back like you so well do, movement, like I heard on the new watch this morning, exercise, and acceptance for ourselves and one another. Most helpful Bible verses about happiness was number two article I found. I thought, well, if I'm going to listen to the worldly experts, I'm going to see what God has to say about it. How the Bible can help you be happy. Better Health editorial team. Exploring how God and the Bible verses can help people be happy. 14 pages of fabulous scripture. And they were fabulous. One thing specifically I want to share said this. First, we can have inner peace, even when we are in difficult circumstances or experiencing suffering and sorrow. We can not only be happy, but we can be joyful as Christians. It says, even if everything doesn't, everything doesn't have to be right in your world to experience the feeling of being happy. If you keep your eye on the bigger picture, it's easier to rise above the trials and tribulations of life and still find reasons to be happy that are full of grace. If you keep your focus on God and eternity, it is easier to experience happiness even in challenging times. I selected to begin with at the first of the week of scripture, along with these messages, yet God continued to speak. I thought I was going to be able to fit somehow the scripture that I heard, and it did work, for Epiphany together with these messages on New Year's Day and our resolutions, but I just couldn't get it. I couldn't, just wasn't quite right. I couldn't put the pieces together. 
Which one would take precedence? Epiphany or our new year? Which one would we celebrate? One or the other and one would be left out because next Sunday has a day of its own to celebrate. And I was still trying to, if you will, worship the order and not order the worship. And, and I was needing to wait for the light to hear and keep on looking for the light. Sheila texted me not long after I gave her what I had found in the beginning, but kept on following the light as I journeyed through the week, and I want to share this with you. It all comes together in the end. New Year's Day, this came from the Discipleship Ministries for today, from the United Methodist Church. God of the dark and the light. The focus of this Sunday's service depends on what else went on in the life of the church. You know, we kept talking about during Christmas, it was almost sort of hard to celebrate, while not, the birth of our Savior, while we had so much suffering and pain having come before us with along the scripture of his death and resurrection. I kept thinking, I know Christmas is coming and not Easter. Why are we, where is that fitting? just didn't seem to fit, but it did. God made it all fit together beautifully, more beautifully than ever. Do we look ahead to Epiphany, which takes place on the 6th of January, or do we leave it for next week, or do we realize that Sunday, January 1, today, may be a small crowd, which is not so much, and maybe just continue with the New Year's observance of resolutions. Do you somehow blend them all together? Lots of deciding to do. Isn't there a clear and definitive requirement for this day? Well, no, there isn't. Tradition makes this Epiphany Sunday one of the greatest festivals of the church usually observed on the Sunday before the actual date, unless you happen to be in the liturgical tradition of holding midweek services. On the other hand, if this is given to Epiphany and last week was Christmas Sunday, and there is no Christmas season or Christmas time this year. So should we bring out the Christmas songs for one more week and bask in that glow? I want to do it every day this year. And this is just confusing you more and more as it did me, isn't it? As a hint toward one resolution, our next worship series is entitled Glimpses of the Kingdom and begins on January 8th. I'm not sure that's what the Lord is going to give me, but it is the baptism of Jesus. Perhaps leaning into Epiphany this week wouldn't be a bad choice. And Epiphany and the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer can work together if that wasn't used on New Year's Eve. Okay, y'all hang in here with me. If this Christmas series of sorts, God of the dark and the light, in it, we have acknowledged the presence of God even in the darkness. On Epiphany, the celebration of which we celebrate today, along with New Year's Day, we embrace the light that is in Christ, but not as a denial of the God who dwells in the dark. Instead, it could be awareness of the journey that continues, sometimes in certainty and sometimes in doubt, sometimes in clarity and sometimes in confusion. We make our declaration like the prayer says, that when we have everything and when we have nothing, when we are of use and when we are laid aside, we feel, 
we are still committed to God and are still dedicated to Christ. We follow Christ when we can see him clearly, and we follow Christ when we have lost sight of him because he is still with us, God Emmanuel. Still we follow. So let us lift up the name of Jesus today. Let us make our pledge and follow his star like the light this day for me in the fog. Let us be about the one who guides us, just as he guided the wise men, astrologers, who had traveled over a thousand miles by his light, who finds us even when we are lost, no matter where we are, and gives us direction and hope. Let our worship be so full of song and praise of the name of Jesus, and let our prayers be prayers of commitment to follow again this day. The God of light and the God of darkness. One of my friends this week is the pastor of a church in our, in our district, senior pastor of the first church. And as I read what Sheila gave me, which made so much sense to me about, again, the lectionary passage that I chose and then the lectionary passage that God gave me, the one God gave me made more sense of the message and the message he had to give about epiphany than any of the choices that I had to make from the list that were given to me. God will give us everything we need when we need it. So I picked up this article, very short. I'm going to give you the summary, not read it to you that really spoke to me also about God being the God of light and darkness. In one hand, oh, it's called joy, both joy and sorrow, both light and darkness. In one hand, I grasp the burden of my grief, while the other hand I reach for the hope of Christ's redemption. Both and, not one or. And here, between the tension of the two, between what was and what will be, and the very is of now, let my heart be surprised, shaped by, warmed by, remade by, the same joy that forever wells within and radiates from your heart, O oh God. I think we, as a people of God, try to get it perfect a lot of the time and rush before we see the light or we hear his guidance and we get ahead of ourselves and we miss his message, Sandra, a lot of times. See, what I was going to do was give us a whole list and recommendations on new resolutions for the new year to make things better. Beneficial things that all of us can use, but those are personal things that only you know that you need to advocate for those in the new year to make your life better as Christians with Christ and for his people. And only God could give me the scripture today of the wise men to tell me you're missing the boat, Sandra. Those are 
beneficial things, but there's only one essential thing for the resolution in our heart. Because we can get any other resolutions in our lives that we want, and if we miss the one essential thing, living our life first in the light of Christ, with Christ, working in us, through us, and for us, working all things together for his good, for those who love him and are called for his glory to be his people. Then no matter how many other resolutions we commit to, the one that we need that is essential cannot help us with the other ones. And we might miss that along the way. So I had this epiphany that God affirmed the truth by the scripture passage that he gave me that was not even on the list of the twelve. But it's exactly what I needed to hear to turn my heart and my life back to him first as a New Year's resolution. And then I got up last night and prayed and the rest of them came to my heart and to me through him first. So what did God say in this passage we read today? He affirmed the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way. And we can search till the world ends and we won't know it or him until we seek him first. But when we do seek him first, he will shine his light in us, through us, and change us. God is the God of light and the darkness, so it's okay not to always be light. Without the darkness in our lives, we wouldn't know how bright the light can be. God guides us on our life journey by light. And God goes ahead of us like the kings, the astrologers. He protects us. And he blesses us even in our pain. And if we read the next six verses of the lectionary passage in Matthew today, 13 through whatever they are, 21 I think, then he also protects Jesus and Mary by Joseph's dreams. God goes ahead of us. We don't have to plan everything out to the T. Like Nikki's prayer was this morning, sometimes if we do, he has to ruffle things up for us so we can make room for the Spirit to move. He protects us and he blesses us even in our pain. God in Christ is giving us new life and making all things new. And we have a new day to celebrate today together. God gives us divine guidance which comes from seeking and prepared hearts. To find him, maybe we need to follow the light by taking a different direction in our lives to make room for what he has for us for this new year. And maybe we recognize Jesus as the Messiah when most of other God's other people don't. Maybe we ought to help them see the light by following the light ourselves. We are to still worship him and praise him, not for what we can get from him, but for who he is, Emmanuel, God with us. And as, again, I said, they, these wise men traveled over a thousand miles following the light. 
to find him. And when they did, they fell on their knees and worshipped him with gifts responding with great joy. In these closing words, Herod feared Jesus wanted his throne. And Jesus only wanted to rule his life, not his kingdom, but to claim his own. Not to take away from him or us either, but to give us and him freedom, peace, and joy that can only come from and through him. So we ask ourselves this day for our new year, what are our thrones that we need to surrender to Jesus so he can rule our lives? Maybe they're sports. Maybe they're I'm making things up, shopping. Maybe they're too much um, religious um, to do. Maybe they're uh, my own agenda. Maybe it's time. I read something this week that said um, what we give to God, do we give God our most valuable possessions? And to me, time came as one of them. Today is, yes, a celebration of wonderful news and new year of hope and the opportunity for inner joy and Christmas every day. God is making all things new, Revelation 21, 1 through 12. And to help us help him in doing so, let us remember today to celebrate the joy of the revelation of God, the epiphany, Jesus Christ incarnate. God in the flesh with us, Emmanuel. Both in the light and in the darkness, we are never alone. The epiphany, God reminded us this week in me that we can search the world over to find happiness and betterment for ourselves and our lives. And as we said, a lot of them are beneficial, many of them are. But also he reminded us that only one is essential are continuing to commit our devotion to him first. Continuing to seek to follow him, he and his light, in our daily lives. And by being and following the light, be a light to a hurting world and to those who know us. And we say often, to those that don't yet know him or know him and have gotten lost, by having known us, they will know him or be lifted up. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.